The gospel reading on this fourth Sunday of Advent is from the book of Luke, first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words, and pondered what sort of greetings might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, <clears throat> Here am I, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's give it up for Riley Mann. Riley, it's so good to have you here. And you have your blue checkered shirt on for Advent. Love it. And uh, Melissa, his mom, and Sister Iris are also here. And it's just so nice to have you guys in church with us. Okay, so I have something to show you. And this is my Christmas stocking right here. You can see it. Um, my kids tell me it's the smallest of the stockings in our house. But I want to show you something that's tucked underneath just um, kind of the, the folded over part where my name is. And that is anyone who's old, as old as I am or older will remember this kind of label maker. And so this is what it said. My grandpa put this underneath. It says, Grandma Wilkie was sewing on this stocking when the Neil Armstrong expo ex expedition landed on the moon. Listen to this. July 20th, 1969, and my grandpa even put the time, 3, 17, and 40 seconds central daylight time. So believe it or not, for almost 52 years, um, that little story has been tucked in my stocking, and I, for, I forget about it sometimes, and then I remember, but I love it because um, this is the story of me, and um, every Christmas when I take it out, I remember that, and so what we heard in our gospel story today is the story of when Mary finds out she's pregnant with Jesus, and I wonder how many times Mary whispered that story in Jesus' ear when he was a little one to remind him of that day that changed her life and uh, changed the world forever. So kids and adults both, um, I have a feeling that you have some kind of Christmas decoration in your house. Maybe it's an ornament the year that you were born or um, maybe it's a special something. Ask your parents 
and um, ask them about when they first heard the news about you or to tell them a story of when you were born or your first years of life, whatever they can remember. And then if you are able, we would love to see what you have discovered. So take a picture of that and send it to us here at church. It's tech, T-E-C-H at M-O-P-L-Y.org and we have it up on the screen. And then Connor does amazing things and takes these pictures and puts them into the slideshow at the end. So um, I hope you go and discover something that tells a part of your story. And I'm happy to welcome Rich Holloquay to the pulpit now. Uh, thank you, Riley, and thank you, Pastor Beth. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. These are powerful words from an angel, important words, words that I sometimes feel as if a question mark belongs behind it this year. Back in March, like many of you, our senior high group at church had to renegotiate how we were going to keep being community together. It became apparent that we would have to meet online, a prospect that was less than ideal but the reality of the pandemic demanded that we not gather in person. We hastily came up with a plan in a week to meet over Zoom and keep many of the same rituals that we have had, just do them virtually. If you remember this, this was a time where we knew nothing. Will this be over by Easter is a common question that we asked. Notions that this would be a few weeks of an inconvenience quickly faded and the reality of a socially distanced future that was indefinite started to set in. I would be lying if I didn't say that the thoughts of impossibility didn't creep in. We can do Zoom, but will anyone show up? The best parts, the mission trips, the lock-ins, the games, the service projects are all gone, or they look very different. In our gospel reading today, we find Mary in a state of impossibility, and for good reason. We are told she is perplexed by the news delivered by the angel Gabriel. Me? Who am I? Questions that we have all asked ourselves at some point. Caroline Lewis, a professor at Luther Seminary, describes the aspects of Mary's marginalization by saying, she's a she, a teenager, and from the wrong side of the tracks. It's made clear by the context in the story and Mary's reaction that for an angel to come to Mary with this news is not only a miracle, but one that makes no sense given the place Mary holds in society. Mary's words seem like righteous indignation. How can this be? And those words seem appropriate for the year 2020. Our impossibilities are everywhere right now. The people we have lost from our congregation this year will leave a big hole in this community. The friends and family outside of this community that are gone have been heartbreaking. Friends and family that still had life and love to give to this world. There is a prospect of another socially distanced holiday from the people we love and continued distant learning for students in schools. The shortest day in Minnesota, and by extension the darkest, is tomorrow, a Monday that badly needs some light to break into it. 
But somehow, some way, despite the darkness, we hear transformation and hope in Mary's story today. We hear her honestly voice her vulnerability, naming the impossibilities. But miraculously, with courage, she moves from denier to disciple, from Mary to mother of God. Mary is chosen, though she ponders, by God to fulfill the prophecy. We dwell in this story in confirmation every year to give language to the truth that recognizing, naming, and moving through our fears with courage makes us stronger and helps us hear God's call in the world. This gospel reading moves Mary from who she thinks she is to who God has called her to be. She's called to be a truth teller, a woman who can bear the social burden of being an unwed pregnant teenager in a world that is hostile to any woman that fits that description. That is courageous. Mary's story is a testament to God working through the impossibilities of our lives to show us new miraculous possibilities. This week, as the New York Times reported on the vaccine production happening in the U.S., I witnessed this transition from impossible to possible when they shared the cheers of workers at a Michigan production facility as the first doses were being shipped off to hotspots all around the country. It was an emotional declaration of hope in the face of darkness of this virus. The impossibility of this was not lost on me as I thought back to all the conversation I had, conversations I had in March and April on how many years it would take to get a vaccine like this one. These texts during Advent move us from our own ideas of limitations and darkness to proclaimer of the gospel. A gospel that promises a new reality of light and reunion through cross, through the cross and resurrection of a vulnerable, dependent, helpless baby in a manger. The thread that moves through this story, through the story of Mary, may seem unremarkable. From a determined, unwed, pregnant teenager enduring the social distancing of that reality, to a savior born in the dark in a barn, to a life spent telling fantastic tales of impossible miracles, to her son's son dying on a cross besides a few other criminals. Impossible that a savior born in such a way could upend in the increasingly unjust, harsh realities of this world the lost jobs, the dark winters of isolation, the empty chairs around the Christmas table. But that is not the story we hear today. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you, for nothing will be impossible with God. We aren't meant to interpret this as we are free to disregard the limitations of our own lives, like we can literally do anything if we feel like it because God is with us. Rather, it's a proclamation that boldly names the hurt we are in now and says that it will not overcome us. God is with us, all of us, moving us from this world of impossibility into new possibilities. A world of resilience, 
a world that proclaims new ways of community that, that include all those who have been marginalized, a world of love, justice, and grace, a world of reunification after death. And, and a world that speaks into darkness and helps us find our way forward. Back in March, I didn't know what to expect this year. I didn't know how life would change. But when our work did, a remarkable thing started to take shape. In an imperfect, beautiful way, our senior high ministry continued. Students continued to show up, this time over Zoom. We continued to talk about our joys and our concerns and where we saw God working in our lives. And we did it together. And honestly, the students are the ones creating and forming it. Us adults that work with them just need to step to the side and walk with them. It's far from perfect, but it has been a spark telling a story that even in this time of deep hurt, there's a, there are small moments where my notions of impossibility take a step back and a little light breaks in. Advent is about waiting, and that's incredibly hard right now. We are in the impossible. But Mary shows us courage to trust in the promise of the possibilities ahead. The gift of this Christian community is to name that together and remind each other that there is a God that sees you in the waiting, that hears you in your impossibilities, and proclaims through angels that you matter. Just as Gabriel did with Mary. Let these words ring in your ears this Christmas season and know they are true. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Amen.